0: I'm inviting you to join me for one of my favorite classes that I'm hosting the third week of June, How to Plan, Create, and Execute a Month of Social Media Post in One Day. Now, I have to tell you, this is my absolutely favorite class because people get results in real time, and it's been over a year since I've hosted it. Now, even if you've attended this class before, you're going to want to register for it because the team and I have completely revamped the class, and if you attend live, you're going to have the chance to win a private one-on-one coaching session with me. Yes, you and me in a coaching session. So learn how to create 30 days of content so that social media can be one of the easiest things you do for your business, not the hardest. Save your seat at jasminestar.com forward slash plan content. Or if it's easier, just send me a DM on Instagram and I will personally send you that link. Y'all know that I respond to my DMs. Now let's get started with the show. Welcome to the Jasmine Star Show. Ladies and gentlemen, we're doing something a little bit different and it is different because I'm starting off with a test of a co-host series. And I'm gonna start this series with none other than a brilliant, kind, hilarious, funny, well, don't say I'm not going to do- tell. Just plug your ears. Plug your ears, because I can't say nice things to him because you know. I mean, his ego might not. But he, yes, the head is progressively getting bigger over time. So excited to introduce you to Marcus Murphy, one of the smartest, kindest, brilliant men that I have had the opportunity to befriend and then now call an industry peer. We are going to be introing this series with Marcus, and we'll get into the backstory of how and why it started. But. Thank you. Uh,
1: Did you just bring people on here to cry? Is that what you're trying to do? (laughs) I feel like you're trying. You're just like, this guy's great, and he has the music comes out, uh, arms of the angels. Uh, No, I'm so obviously excited to be here, and any time that you would ever invite me, it's just an honor.
0: Okay, so we're going to get down to business. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. We are probably going to get a little mushy, too, because we go back. back. We go back. But let's start the story here. Let's start the story about if it's cool with you. Yeah. I hit you up randomly. I'm in Santa Barbara with J.D. (laughs) and Luna. And it's like probably five o'clock in the morning, West Coast.
1: But your message was hilarious. Okay, tell me. Because your message was like, hey, Marcus, I'm thinking about this thing, about like a co-host thing for our podcast. And uh, do you know anyone? And then you just like hug up and I went wait wait a minute like you knew that that was gonna hurt my soul Well,
0: I didn't because here's the thing you know me like I don't want to come out and like straight up ask for things so I hint like hey you know do you Uh, like blue skies you know do you know of anybody brilliant who's like a great conversationalist who might funny and like who
1: wants to go deep devilishly
0: (laughs) handsome too oh Oh,
1: Gina Gina did you hear that let's talk
0: about Gina let's talk about Gina okay So I was gonna start about us being co-hosts of the podcast, yes. but let's go back.
1: Okay, let's go way back. Let's go way back. Yeah,
0: when Marcus I get an email from a stranger on the internet. Yeah, and this a broke
1: a broke stranger.
0: A broke stranger, broke but I stranger. did. I actually didn't know how broke you were. <laughs> 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 the no. levels of brokeness. It's like uh,
1: okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was definitely it was the brokest I've ever been in my life. Yeah, that was. But that email was full of all the joy. The, yeah, all the substance, but yeah, I just took a shot, shot my shot.
0: Yeah, you shot your shot. So, backstory JD and I, photographers, building our business online. I got an email from a guy named Marcus saying yep. that he was going to marry his dream woman, sure. but wonderful woman who made you better. Yes, and I have to tell you, as a person who reads, I know a good writer, and I read this email and I was like. I know I am being marketed to. (laughs) I I was like, whoever this guy is. I just
1: wrote really good sales copy. It
0: was the best. I I was sold. You didn't even know how big your gift was back then. It was so
1: nerve wracking. So at the time, Gina was a missionary in Thailand and we didn't have any money. And I was just trying my best to be like, I know that this is so important. Because at the time she was a photographer and she was following you and she loved you. And I remember it was interesting because she loved your photography, but it was your blog right? Mm-hmm. She loved reading. Speaking of good writers, everybody in the world, Jasmine Star. I knew that if I could gift her with one thing, it was like worth trying to get the person that she loved and admired and felt connected to. And I knew that would just make the day special. So when I shot my shot, I was like, I better write this like 15 times.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so I right. read it and I was just like, I don't know who this guy is and I don't know who this girl is, but I'm like, I need to shoot this wedding. Yeah. That was a crazy thing. And so we are in Orange County at the time and the wedding was in Syracuse.
1: Yeah. And really I'm like, I am had- Beautiful, amazing Syracuse, New York, everybody. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. Gorgeous, <laughs> yeah. Destination.
0: Yeah, yeah, you yeah. sold it. You <laughs> shined that little pebble that it was. It only
1: rains- 300 days out of the year. (laughs) And it rained on your wedding day. It did rain on wedding day. It was one thing to be expected. Which was lucky.
0: But here's the thing. We met, and through the correspondence of us preparing for the wedding, we got to know each other. And then J.D. and I shot your wedding. We had a blast. (laughs) And you pulled us out into the dance floor. Oh, yeah, I acted like I walked up begrudgingly, but it was just like, please. I did. I brought a a separate pair of shoes. (laughs) (laughs) I (laughs) was
1: like. This is such an early day, too. How long have you and J.D. been married at that time?
0: What was the year of the wedding?
1: So 2009.
0: We, we would have been married four years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That,
1: that's wild, right? I know. We, Gina and I have been married for 14 years. And I think that it's funny because I look back at that photo. I have the photo of us on the dance floor. Yes. And I just remember sitting there going like, not only these people bless us, but if you look at it now from like this freight train that we've been on to this moment where I pulled up into yeah. your front door and sat down for this interview, there's some crazy universe stuff going on right and i think that's that's why maybe all that happened
0: right absolutely it did happen and i don't believe that anything happens without a reason And my mind couldn't think of the reason being this big and us coming like this far together and still like being able to maintain a relationship to where like we cool we tight but we're not like somebody who's like oh i'm texting you every day yeah
1: but you know what's really interesting is like as you rose and there was probably a lot of people that wanted something from you, or there was always people that were trying to text. And it's funny because as I've gained any notoriety at all, I feel like there's also those genuine relationships where it's like, when we link up, it's meaningful. And when we're not, there's no real, like, it's great because that makes it so much more authentic for me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we had like our, every time we were together was always great. But also at the same time, I was always like, just from afar loving and watching and rooting you on.
0: Yeah. I'll never forget. JD and I were in a rough spot through we, our adoption process. Was, we just didn't know. We were always waiting. We were waiting and waiting. And then yeah. randomly, he and I are in San Francisco, and I get a text message from you, and you're like, Hey, bud, just thinking about you, praying for you. And it was just like, you had no idea the type of day that we had had. And I'm like, This guy, like this guy, you just very intentional with relationships. And so, you and Gino were some of the first free people to be like, Dude, we have a daughter. Uh, and you being oh a, a girl dad, oh, I was you know, so pumped. you were. Yeah.
1: And it's funny because when I was, we were planning this. I have two girls for everybody. I have Lawrence who is seven and Pearl who is five and they're obsessed with Luna. They're just like, okay, um, so are we going to FaceTime while you're there? Is Jasmine a mommy? Like all these funny questions. And I'm like, yeah, she is, but it is, it's what a amazing story to be a part of. And the fact that you like, you shared that with us so early. We just knew like Luna existed so much and like way before she mm-hmm. showed up, you know, and then you
0: guys held space for that. And so I just want to say thank yeah, you. Absolutely. Okay. So, oh, but one of the reasons. I, <laughs> what kind is of the show tissues? is this? Where's the tissues, you know? Yeah. Uh, no, okay. So, one of the things that I'm really fascinated with, and before we started rolling, I asked you if it was okay if we talk about this. Yeah, sure. Because you and I are cool, and we've always been supportive of each other yeah. without expectations of each other. Right. And so, I've seen you on an, a wildly impressive journey. Oh. And so, the Marcus who sent me an email from Syracuse, New York. Oh, yeah,
1: dude's way longer.
0: Well, we express appreciation for that brother, right? There's
1: some building building blocks there for sure. Yeah, But yeah, that feels like light years ago in my mind as to who I've stepped in, like what I've stepped into. Okay,
0: so if we look at this journey of 14 years, when I look at what you've done in 14 years, I can't help but think, what did he do? Like, you know, when we sat down before we started rolling, I was just like, brother, like you went from, can you hook a brother up to, I'm buying like 40 acres for myself. In California, I'm building multiple businesses. Well, I was like, I'm trying to be polite. I was like, brother, you are rich. (laughs) (laughs) So Uh, how do we talk about the journey that brought you here? Because I want to separate Marcus, the person and the journey. And then at a different point in time, maybe we have a conversation truly about the business you're working on now. But like as my co-host, as you ask questions, I want people to know like what is possible when they look at what is a seemingly impossible situation.
1: Yeah. So I think the biggest change was that it was always in me. Right. The abilities were always there, but I don't think I accepted them. I don't think I wanted them. I think I pushed everything away. I said, Oh, that's not me. Like it couldn't be. And I grew up poor. Like that's tough. When you grow up single mom, household, like classic dad gone story, all that, we were always struggling for money. And so my mentality around money was just like, I don't deserve it. And clearly, right. Or, I don't have it. And there was a lot of shame with that and kind of feeling like I didn't know one ever taught me about money, so I shouldn't have it. And then when money started coming was only when I walked first into action. So it's like really interesting mm. you said that, but I feel like emotions and all these things that we want usually happen after you take a, like on the other side of fear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so for me, I knew that if I was going to do anything, I had to kind of step out and be like, who I'm supposed to be. And I had to spend some time figuring out who that is. And when I realized that I fit into a world as a speaker and a host and as a, you know, entrepreneur, and that became more of my identity, I realized that, you know, the money followed, it followed all of that and then opportunity Mm. and then people, oh my gosh, I would say people was probably more important. As I started to put myself out there and putting my story out there, I actually think Jasmine, the Measure of great stories are the ability for people to insert themselves into them. Mm. And I think that I finally told the right story. And I feel like everybody started to come around it and find themselves in that story and started to propel that story. And it got faster. And then all of a sudden now it's like, oh, well, who was that guy 14 years ago? Yeah. Because I know who he is, but I couldn't look at him and be like, wow, you, you weren't ready then for this. Mm. And you couldn't step into this. Okay. I, I was fast. Yeah. No. Yeah.
0: You weren't ready for this. Yeah. Before we get to this and actually like unveil like who this version of you is, like, let's go back. Do, would you say like your first step out iteration version of yourself was when you were working at Yelp? Yeah. Okay, so let's start that story there. <laughs> yeah,
1: okay. So it's funny because Yelp wasn't anything. Yelp was like the yellow pages. We had to tell people, no, it's the yellow pages online. We were like trying to teach people about the internet, right? <laughs> and, but I remember taking that job because we wanted to have a family. We had the business together, but I kind of, like Gina was ready to have... A different life and be a mom and just like try to figure that out. So really was like, okay, what am I going to do? And I literally.
0: You guys are in San Francisco.
1: Yeah. So we were in Phoenix first,
0: and Uh, then and then
1: and then Yelp took me out to San Francisco because I went through that organization like a missile. It felt like, but I started out as like a a salesperson, kind of account manager, forty thousand dollars a year. But when I got in, it all made sense to me. It was like it's like have you ever seen The Matrix when everything's like the green little things? I felt like I was in my world, and I was like, where where was this before? And I got in, and all of a sudden, I started doing really well and using relationships. And I started training people and doing things. And then I started speaking and training, and people were like, oh man, this guy's different. So you're
0: speaking and training on the inside of,
1: of Yelp? Yelp. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because somebody was just like, hey, we're having this series on talking about the new salespeople that are coming in. Who wants to speak to them? And so I went out there and I just laid it down. And they were like, that's actually incredible. And all these people are pumped up. And like, do you want to do more of this? And all of a sudden it got into like, we don't have a national trainer for helping us figure out the sales stuff and account management. And then they flew me out to San Francisco and I started moving quick, like through the company. And when I left, I mean, I was at a place where I felt like I even outgrew that and that I'd never felt that before. So, Mm. And what
0: was the title of that role?
1: Yeah. So that was a national account manager role that was basically like almost three years, three and a half years. Okay. And honestly, when I left that role, there was still something like tugging and being like, this isn't it. It's great. And it showed me that I'm capable of things.
0: Were you itching to leave or did you get an invitation? Like, what did that juncture look like? So there's somebody who's listening. And they don't know that they're at the beginning start of Yelp, right? Like they might be like, I'm brought in for a $40,000 sales job and they don't even know what Yelp is and they don't, okay. So they get there. And then you said, I've outgrown this position. Did you start hunting or how did that like pivot take? And then what was like the tools that you needed to take a leap?
1: I would never share the person's name, but it's important to share the story. Okay. I wanted more money. And I remember sitting there being like, I'm doing all this stuff and I'm really making an impact here. I, mean, I think they might from 40,000 to 80,000. That was it. Right. And when I was sitting there going, no, 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 I think that there's like a way bigger opportunity here. And I went and talked to my boss's boss's boss. Right. Cause they gave me an audience. And I said, I'd like this. And or else I have to probably move on because I need to support my family. And they looked at me and she said, I will never forget it. She said, Well, so and so out there does fine on that salary. And they have a family and they have a house and they have all these things. And I was like, I'm not them. I'm not them at all. And I just remember sitting there going, you know what? Some people are going to see what I see or they're not. And I had to, I was, I forced myself to leave because I loved it there, but I knew that I had hit a ceiling.
0: Mm. Yeah. Okay. That was so a then, moment for me. Okay. So that pivotal moment happens. And yep. then what, what's there, next? Where do yeah. you go? So
1: I have a crazy world called SAS, software as a service. And it's like everybody's kind of heard of Salesforce or those kinds of things. There was an up and coming company called Infusionsoft, and a friend of little, mine, tiny, little tiny, little tiny. It good. Good. How
0: do you get? How did you, man? You have like no, a it's
1: timing. I have no idea, dude.
0: From Yelp to Infusionsoft,
1: and it was crazy because they were at a point where they were about to blow up, and I didn't even know it. So I came in, and they had this thing. They're like, we kind of have like this partner. Okay,
0: hold on. You're <laughs> a king storyteller. Yeah. Do you find Infusionsoft? Does it find you? Like, Um, what happens? Like, do you see this role? Like, what, talk to me about, like, what are you looking for?
1: Right. When I had the conversation where I was like, okay, I'm out. I cannot grow any further here. I can't Mm. make more money. I feel like there's something there. I started to look, but really what I did was I reached out to my network and I just said, well, who's, who has a job that they love?
0: So I looked at people in my- Let's pause. Yeah. Instead of looking for a role, you look for people who have a job they love. Oh yeah. Thinking what?
1: I just wanted to see somebody that was out there being an evangelist for their company. And Hmm. that's hard to find. To be honest, I rarely meet people that are coming up and be like, oh my gosh, I love where I'm working. This is what I'm doing. It's like, no, most of the time I get a lot of complaints. Whoa, and people that are just kind of dissatisfied. So yeah. Smart. Yeah. Okay. So I had a friend of mine named Ryan and he was like floored about his job. I didn't ask him about it. He was just talking about it. And he's like, this place is different. They've got a dream coach. They've got, I was like, what well, dream coach? Like, what's a dream coach? I'm poor. Like what's a dream <laughs> coach? Uh, you know. And, uh, and so he was unpacking all of that for me. And I was like, Whoa, this business seems crazy. He goes, Oh, you know what? You might be perfect for this role. And it was a partnership role. So my first time into like business development, partnerships. And of course, I approach it in my own way. Because if you're going out to do partnerships, I love connecting with people. I love Mm -hmm. being relational. But they had me come in and I walk into this building and no joke, they have a full AstroTurf football field, American football field in the middle of the building. And I was like, what is this? They have banners hanging like it's a national championship Did you
0: think Mecca? I arrived. (laughs) I arrived.
1: I literally was like, what? And I couldn't quite put my finger on it, but I was like, this is different. And then I see this thing called the dream wall. And it was all this chalk written, handwritten dreams from all the employees that work there. And they were talking about all these different things that they wanted to do. Biking around the world, taking a sabbatical for six months to, you know, take their kids somewhere, right? All those were up there. And I said, hey, what is that? And they're like, oh, yeah, our employees write their dreams down. We have a dream coach that works with them, even if it takes them outside the business or away from us. We want them to accomplish their dream. And we Mm -hmm. feel like they work harder for us getting to their dream and the fact that we support it, even if they have to take them away from us. Right. And I was like, I have never heard a company ever in my life articulate anything like that to me. So I was intrigued. And then I said, this is where the part that I think is great. They had their core values on the wall. Mm -hmm. They had all 10 core values right there. And I looked at that core value wall and I go, who wrote my core values down? like who wrote those? Like, I didn't go, Oh man, these are nice. I hope that I can put those on someday. I was like, somebody wrote down what I care about on that wall. So I knew that there was something different. And as I started to get into it, they had me do a presentation. I'm like, I'm going to kill it. Right. And I remember getting, wait,
0: they have you do a presentation as part of your interview. Oh yeah. Were you prepared? No. They said on the fly, do a presentation. Yeah, They're
1: like, here, can you teach us something? Here's a board. I was like,
0: wait, 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 there is the version that we look back on, which is fond. And then there's reality. Like, take us back to that moment to when you say that. And of course, on the outside, because we all I know you like
1: you cool. (laughs) Was I sweating? Yeah, I was sweating, Jasmine. I had sweaty armpits. And then my hands were sweating. And what do you say? I just said, absolutely. And what do you teach? I went up and wrote out a formula.
0: Do you walk really slow up to that whiteboard (laughs) to be like, what can I think of in the next 15 seconds? You know
1: what I think actually happens is I feel that when I'm at my best, I don't need a ton of prep. Like I really feel good about just showing up and being able to connect disparate dots really fast and being able to do something. Also, I've been doing a lot of this for a long time. So speaking and having something in my back pocket to be able to pull out and be like, yeah, I'm going to present this felt right? he's such a gangster though. That's okay. No,
0: gang- no. That's okay. Gang- no, you can own it. That's yeah. a compliment. That's, okay. a, that's a gangster. <laughs> All right. Dang.
1: But anyway, I taught this equation about like, here's what I think success is. So I wrote out this act- big acronym and talked about how to cast a vision and backed into it. Right. And okay. like, talked about action. And then at the end of it, they go, okay, this is interesting. And then I got into the role and they said, oh, by the way, totally offering you the job. This is great, but we want you to be on the road and like speaking in other countries and all over the place to represent our business. Like mm. we feel like business development and partnerships are only going to happen because there are people like you out there that can truly articulate it. That wasn't even a role. Like that didn't exist there. And when I got into it, it was one of the best partnership roles that things that ever happened, but they just saw a skill set, And that's why I can say work for companies you love and admire because they're going to find where you fit and they're going to enable you to go fast. And I'd say that's the one pivotal role I had before I met Ryan Dyson. and Changed my whole life after
0: Mm. that. Okay, so let's pause here. (laughs) Yeah, I want to get into meeting Ryan and how that changed your life. There's a story, like sub narrative, where Gina, your Mm. beautiful, beautiful, brilliant, kind, better half, amazing, but way better better half, way, Way. we're like the ninety percent. She's she's a
1: neuroscientist who deals with chronic pain. I'm just gonna real quick pause on this. So, Gina, my wife, is a neuroscientist who deals with chronic pain. A genius, right? And went back and did all this stuff after 15 years of not being in school, went back and got- Right, like, let's pause that though, because
0: I'm watching this from the outside. Yeah. So Gina pulls back from her photography career to really focus in on her family. And during that time is not in school and yet decides 15 years out of not being in school, and not being a
1: science background at all.
0: Right.
1: I'm just going to go to the number two neuroscience program in the world. And where is? In England. Yeah. Right. And she applied for it and got in, which is the craziest part. But here's the part. So she's a chronic pain specialist who deals with like neuroplasticity and all these words that a lot of people don't know. But it's about like how there's trauma, emotional deep work that has to happen. And that pain is actually just a way of helping you or protecting you and your body mm. so you don't deal with your emotions, right? So I can't stub my toe in the house. Right. <laughs> like I, Tell me
0: God don't <laughs> have a sense of humor. Yeah, it's like,
1: I, I know it's like, no, Gina, my foot's broken. She's like, do you want to talk about your dad? <laughs>
0: I'm like, no, I take
1: me to the hospital. Uh, no, so yes, Gina, way beyond light years, beyond, you know, I just, I don't even know why she's with me, but I also feel like that, yeah, I couldn't do any of it without her, yeah. So
0: sure. when, you're, when you're traveling with yeah. Infusionsoft, right before you're meeting Ryan, yeah. what's that home life balance? Because people listen oh, and we hear good. these stories and these arcs yeah. and it's like freaking amazing and powerful, like, wow, but there's multifacets and yeah. there are people who absorb the cost, pay the cost and invest in it. Sure. So where is she at uh, with the girls right here?
1: So when I went to Infusionsoft, we had just, we were just pregnant. So we, with Florence and actually Florence was born while I was at Infusionsoft, like when I was officially coming into that role. Yeah. I think that life was pretty crazy. It's like, now I'm not supporting us. Mm -hmm. I'm supporting our family. Mm -hmm. And Gina being home with Florence was awesome. It's not for everyone, but Gina wanted that. So I knew that I needed to support that. So that actually drove a ton of got to move, got to shake, got to go, right? Like step into it or don't, man, because you got to take care of your family. And we have a vision for what we want our life to look like. And that's where I think that I wanted to put that in there. It's a co-vision of how we wanted to live our life. I might've been working. I might've been the one who stepped up and did the presentation, but I was only doing that because I knew what we wanted. Amen. Yeah.
0: Did you write a dream on the dream wall? I did. Do you remember what it was? I
1: do. Are you okay sharing it? I I can. It's going to sound insane, but I like that it's a little insane.
0: Well, I don't hang out with normal folks, so welcome. I'm going to
1: share it here, but listen, Jasmine Stars fan, whoever you are out there. We ain't got
0: fans. We got listeners, baby. Action takers. Action takers.
1: We got action takers, so let me just share my little, okay. My dream, my actual dream is to be a late night TV show host. But here's the thing, not in the traditional sense. Like, I don't want to be Letterman, right? Because TV is kind of whatever, but that is what I want to do. I want to be that for the rest of my life. That's what I want to do. And all the businesses I build, the reason why I'm doing that is the capital to be able to get into the game anyway and have a media company and all that. But I've always wanted to do that since I was a child. And I've never shared that, but I wrote that on the wall. And I remember the dream coach kind of coming over and being like- <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, that no one has ever written that. Why do you want to do that? Like I was listening to Conan the other day. Uh, so two things, I'm obsessed with comedians. I think that if anybody wants to learn how to speak or be yes. a public, like just yes. be obsessed with that. Timing, delivery, humor, it's awesome. It's a really good tool. But I was listening to Conan and he, they did. So in 28 years of being a host, they did 6,400 shows or it might've been 4,600 fact check me, but it was a lot. And that means that they were literally doing a show every day, Monday through Friday. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting there going, everybody's like, oh my gosh, this sounds like a slog and terrible. I'm like, sign me up. I want that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I wrote that down. So yeah, maybe I'll put it on the universe. Maybe it'll come back to me, but that is it. Well, yeah. I, you
0: spilled the tea before we started rolling, and I actually do think it is coming back to you. It's oh, here in its it, own. In some kind of way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So <laughs> when and how do you meet Ryan Dice? And okay. where is he at in his career? Oh, man.
1: Ryan Dice, everybody. Got to look him up. He's probably the person who doesn't want any fame who's famous in his own way. I was speaking. That's why I think this is so crazy. When Future I was like, you could speak and go on stage and send me to Africa and Europe and everywhere else. I was in London. I was speaking at an event and I see all these people in the lobby. And this was a big business event, right? In Chelsea. And I was about to go on later on in the day, but I was just out in the lobby. And I see this little guy, super little, tiny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no wow. Just wow, a bro. really small wow.
1: micro man walking <laughs> through. No, there was this guy walking through with his wife and everyone just mobbed him. And he was like, oh, okay. And they're like, that's Ryan Dice. Somebody said it. I don't know who at the time, but they're like, that's Ryan Dice. And I was like, okay. And then, of course, because I'm like, I want to downplay, like, who's that? Don't care, right? Mm-hmm. But he they're like, do you want to meet him? And I was like, no. <laughs> Why do I want to meet him? And then he gets up. He literally walks in, graciously says hello to people. His wife, Emily, who's wonderful, they were kind of like talking. He gets in the back, mics up, goes on stage. I sat in the back, and I watched this guy lay down knowledge for 45 minutes, and everybody's just, like, hanging there. Mm. And I eventually go, I called Gina. I went back to the hotel. I don't know what time it was here, and I called her, and I said, I want to work for this guy. Really? I absolutely, never met him. I, had okay. stu- I didn't meet him to that point. I said, I want to be with him. I want to work with this guy. And then here it is. I'm speaking at an event. and all Not of a, the
0: same event not that same you saw the same event him. that Whoa, I saw him at. I'm speaking one. at
1: another, another event. And all of a sudden they're like, hey, Ryan Dice is going to be on the panel that you're hosting. Let's go. And all of a sudden, we started talking. We became okay.
0: But friends. wait a minute, yeah. I need to. So I'm I'm very selfish. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're. I'm selfish. Like I want to figure out what is in your brain. Yeah, you find out that you're on a panel with somebody. You're like, I'm yeah, going to work was, with this yeah, guy. Who I was like this. Guy, and so, yeah. what are you doing in advance of that? I mean, are you preparing, or you're just like, eh, whatever? No no, happens. no, 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 no.
1: This one felt heavier you know, there are moments where you can just go off the cuff and get a job. This felt like trajectory stuff. So I knew that I wanted to be like, okay, I'm going to pause for a moment and make the most of this. But what I really wanted to do was be myself mm-hmm. and make sure I show up authentically in yep. that so that there is an opportunity for a relationship, a friendship, because we were friends before we ever you know, became employee, employer, or like, mm-hmm. like any of that. So we became friends first. And in fact, when the job came up that they, they were looking for someone to run monetization for the company, I texted him. That's how we were friends. Okay. I texted him and said, hey, should I apply for this? And he wrote back, absolutely not, <laughs> which, is, which is actually a really funny response because at the time I was still working for Infusionsoft and Ryan Newclate, who was the founder of Infusionsoft, he's like, you're off limits. Oh. So he's like, the way you can apply is if you go to your executive team at Infusionsoft, $100 million SaaS company, and tell them that you want to apply for another job away from their company. And so I did that.
0: Okay, wait, let's pause. Yeah. Let's pour one out for Ryan, man. That man's playing a different game. Yeah. Like he saw a talent and he said, the way that we be on the up and up with everybody oh, yeah. is if you do that. He would day. never, yeah. He would
1: never day. have been like, wow, poacher guy. So I went and talked to the executive team. And this is why this company, Infusionsoft, Clayton Mask, shout out to these amazing founders. They're like, because we don't have that same executive role for you here. But we know that that's like a big part of this journey. And so they said, you can go apply. I was like, do I still have my job if I don't get that job? (laughs) And they said, yeah, you do. And I went and flew down to Austin, Texas, where Digital Marketer was. And I had...
0: Wow, that says a lot about so many people who are involved in this story. Man, I,
1: I feel like... So when you ask me, it feels like everything happened really fast. I put out a story and these people got to insert themselves into it. Now, in retrospect, when I run into Clay or other people or be on a podcast where I get to talk about them, it was the right move. (laughs) You know, it was the right move. Yeah. And when you think about like holding on to a tight, like to an employee that might not want to work for you or stuff like that, sometimes it's like, that's a cyclical, dude. that is a longer story than that immediate moment and how you feel. So I will sing praises. I have literally sent so many people to Infusionsoft and partnered with them on all kinds of stuff at Digital Marketer. They had so much preference because they treated me great. And I loved being there. And so yeah, Ryan and I, we vibed down there. Another guy named Richard Linder, who ended up being one of the most pivotal leaders in my life. They both put me through two days of interviews. Just it felt grueling at the time because there was a lot on the line. This is the six figure moment, by the way. Like mm-hmm. I would say that people when you are talk about money, and I usually don't talk about money a lot. I think if you talk to people who are wealthy, they remember that moment that that tipping happened. And sometimes it happens way early in their life. And they're just like, that was just a cool little milestone to my seven, eight figures, right? But I feel like there is a mindset shift there. Because once you can make $100,000, you will always make that. Yep. Once you make a million, you'll always make that. Yep. And I feel like those milestones are so interesting because that was that pivotal milestone for me where I was like, I'm here now in some way. Like I can step into this a little bit and be the executive who makes Six figures and who, yeah. So Ryan, they gave me that opportunity and worked there for four years, almost four years and literally changed my life.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, so there is Digital Marketer. Digital Marketer. Yeah, okay, so I wanted to connect the dots. So you get in for monetization. Do you excel within that? Do you change?
1: Yes, so it's kind of crazy because I wouldn't have excelled had I not had leaders like Ryan and Richard who were there. Richard Linder, by the way, was the president, very much running all of the business behind the scenes. Ryan was always great at being not only just the strategist and being the face and being the person who's out there in the world who people want to learn from. But you also have to have the operator in that situation. And the operator, Richard, is probably one of the smartest people I've ever met, one of the greatest copywriters I've ever known, but he's not the guy that's out there on stage running out and welcoming TNC, right? Mm -hmm. So they were pivotal in that way. I got in as the director of monetization, which, does anybody know what that means? (laughs) Like <laughs> Let's
0: directly, make some money. Yeah, down. yeah, It's like,
1: put this bucket here and collect water, call money. <laughs> and so it was looking at the business and saying, what can we do to make money? Yeah, sales was under that. Even customer success, because we took the customer success team and turned it into, yes, we need to serve people, but also make sure they're aligned yeah. with our products. So that was really good. Partnerships for sure. And then the difference between that company and the other one is that they also owned an event called Traffic and Conversion Summit. And so not only do you have this company that's like the biggest marketing training company in the US, they also have this big event. And that's where I got asked to host and MC and start to like teach a one little bit. One
0: step closer to late night, it baby. Was,
1: <laughs> it, was, it was pivotal because they didn't know that I could do that technically when they hired me. They didn't think like, oh, this guy's just a really incredible teacher and speaker. But at Digital Marketer, one of the, like we have a thing called a character diamond, which we'll unpack someday. But the real pivotal part of that exercise was that we had a North Star and we had a non-negotiable in our business. The North Star was that we had to be savant-like in terms of what we know, like as marketers, but also that our non-negotiables, we would never teach something we don't do. So it's a requirement that if you're in the company, you're Mm. part of the product. So you productize and create an SOP and you teach everybody else what to do. And that means from stage as well. So whenever I was like going into LinkedIn and joined the board and did all that stuff, I was teaching our community of many, many, many thousands of people all over the world, what I was learning and doing and what was working. And all of a sudden that became like, now I'm an educator and a teacher, as well as being somebody who has a executive role in the company.
0: Mm. Okay. So a lot of words. It, well, it's yeah. a, it's a lot, yeah. it's a lot in 14 years. Yeah. And so where are we at in the journey? Yes. Like you're year, four years at digital marketer. Yep.
1: So we were, this is basically when I left digital marketer, that was three years ago in this journey. So basically this is all the way up until year 11 of my of my current career journey.
0: So you you leave digital marketer in 2020.
1: Yeah, basically right before the pandemic, like oh, that's super <laughs> smart move.
0: Wait, It's very yeah, savant-like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going
1: to go struggle for a while, guys. I'll see you in a little while. I want to revisit um, my
0: roots. Yeah,
1: <laughs> a lot of consulting in that that year. <laughs> uh, the consulting gigs. Yeah, that was, that was a, a really wild run. And that took us all over the world too. I think the speaking was the biggest thing that opened our world for us and being able to be the people out there that are practitioners who are sharing great, yes. actionable content. Because there was a lot of, theory, but not a lot of practitioners. Yes. Like I am very much anti, this is what I feel and think. Yeah. It's like, no, no, no. What'd you do? Right. And are you in the trenches doing it? And then if if so, can we extract that information? So we became those type of teachers. And I did that for almost four years, moved around. I was the head of partnerships, head of sales, the, I don't know, a personality at, at one point. And then I felt like it was time to go. And this is where it's wild, because even Good Morning America wrote that article. And it's because I left a dream job that everybody on the planet probably would have loved if they wanted to be like you're an executive at a huge company, you're making a lot of money and you're technically a personality and they're getting behind you. And then you just go, I'm out. And everybody's like, what? Like, why? Right. Even Ryan was so surprised and then kind of like took a minute and then went, I don't know what's down there for you. Like he said, hey, everybody has to jump off that cliff to go there. I don't know what's down there for you, but I think that I need to celebrate the fact that you're going to jump. Right. And so, gosh, I feel like I'm emotional there. I don't know why, but I've had people like Ryan in my life who were and Ryan and Richard and Clates and those types of people who have always kind of just been like, how do I help you jump? You know? Mm. Yeah. Not in a suicidal way. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know do it. Okay. Um, but in it, seriously, like the kind of encouragement where it's like you are at that affirmation of you are at that point and we see it, but we can't tell you what's going to happen. But we Okay.
0: Do. So Ryan says jump. Jump, yep. And you then get into consulting because you jumped during a pandemic. Yeah, I didn't know what I wanted to
1: do. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I also knew that I was not going to figure it out by being employed. Mm. Like I even had opportunities to own certain pieces of things. Entrepreneurship was all around us. But I knew that if I was going to find this thing that was kind of still out there for me, that I couldn't achieve it. It's very rare to be a wealthy, have a lot of freedom and be an employee by the way, I don't Ooh. know who that's for, but Ooh, that's it almost, a whole word. It, it's a, it's an interesting thing to think about in terms of all these people who aspire for wealth and freedom, but it's like, I got I'm tethered to something else that is dictating my world. That doesn't sound like people that I meet who are wealthy. Wealth is an interesting thing because it's both money, but it's also all the time. It's the ability to make decisions, ability to do nothing at yeah. all. But that only comes from people that are like not under anyone else's schedule. So anyway, that's a total tangent. Mm. But yeah, that moment where I left, I didn't know what I wanted, but I knew I needed to go figure it out and I needed to to clear my space. So yeah, consulting was a way of doing that. But I was in the garage in the middle of the summer in Austin with a whiteboard writing out all my- So nice
0: and frigid, right? It was (laughs) like a a tundra. Talking about like sweating,
1: (laughs) it just literally, but I felt like all these great ideas came from some person in a garage. I don't know why. And I just put my- Gina literally was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm putting this up here. I feel like, you know, Apple started a garage. Like- Google, Google started somewhere. I, I,
0: yeah. I'm setting up my future. Great oh story. This gosh. is my story. Yeah.
1: Literally, I want to be like, yeah, you know, we <laughs> we're <hot> struggling. <laughs> like, the garage. <laughs> my, my Sharpies were melting. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. So I, I did that and wrote out a couple of crazy ideas and started to run after them. And one of those was I need to create a media company. That was a, something that kept coming up over and over again in my mind. It's like, what can you do? What problems can you solve? What Mm. do you enjoy doing? And Mm. when I started writing those things out, it just, I didn't need to know what I wanted to do. I just Mm. needed to take steps to get the space, the capacity to kind of have it come to Mm. me.
0: Okay. That is actually like you teed (laughs) me up to pause, (laughs) Okay, to pause there because I really want listeners to hear that you consistently made courageous decisions even without knowing the exact next best step. Okay. So that was the pattern. So wherever you are listening right now and you find yourself, Right now, driving, cooking, picking your kids up, playing, working out is like, if there is something in you, like this whole message is for you, like yeah. jump yeah. and not in the suicide way. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so what, we're going to come back. <laughs> it's like, yeah. that's going to be an Instagram. Sticker. <laughs> that's going to be a reel. That's yeah, a three yeah, second yeah, reel. Yeah, yeah. Um, no. Okay. So we're there. Yeah. We're going to pause there because okay. I want to come back and actually talk about that. But that brings us to why I so desperately wanted to start the Co-host podcast series with yeah. you yeah. because you and I embody very similar strides. It's just yeah. like we're okay being unokay. Oh, you know that and that's is like- so good. Is that another real? Is that another quotable? Did like, we are just are we just like rolling? Well, with it? I think
1: a lot of people were sitting around going like, "What is the super strength?" But also, are, it's, here's the crazy part: that's equally my brokenness too.
0: Oh, stop, stop. Okay, Gina Junior, <laughs> do you want to talk Let, about my dad? Does
1: your foot hurt right <laughs> now? Because I have something I want to talk to you about. Um, but yeah, there there is a double edged sword to that, right? But yeah. at the same time, like for us, I don't know if I could operate the other way.
0: Mm. Mm. Okay. So. We're sitting, I'm working out. It's 5 a.m. in the morning in Santa Barbara, California. I text Marcus, hey, do you know anybody who might want to co-host? To which Marcus replies, there is like a light-skinned brother who might want to step in, ish. (laughs) A little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Racially (laughs) ambiguous, kind of yellow, kind of yellow. (laughs) (laughs) Who wants to step in? And I was just like, listen, we could do something amazing. And so I asked Marcus to aggregate really brilliant people. And those are the conversations we are going to be having. I will be returning to the conversation with Marcus, but I am so excited to introduce you to some really incredible, interesting, brilliant people. The goal is to really test Marcus on his late night chops. <laughs> like, I mean, we're going to bring some laughs. Hopefully bring some tears. I hope so. Like, okay. There's no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, a lot. a lot. Just of- me
1: crying, mostly. <laughs> None of our guests. Just me sobbing over
0: here. <laughs> oh, I'm Gina's out here. I'll just wipe. I'll yeah. wipe his eyes. Uh, very excited for what's in store. Thank you for being on this journey. Thank you for testing. If you like what this is, please make sure that you at mention marcus and at mention at jasmine star and you can be found on instagram
1: it can be yes marcus a murphy
0: marcus a murphy like yeah. a player <laughs> hey, hey like or, that or a. A- alan like my middle name Dude, i'm trying to give you swag yeah step into it, syracuse. a syracuse murphy you got it yeah no, I, yes yeah. marcus a murphy on instagram thank you for listening to the jasmine star show it is an honor and privilege as we experiment have fun and encourage you to do the same